Hello and welcome to Glossy Trend Watch Influencer Edition. I'm your host, Katie Richards, a senior technology reporter covering all things fashion here at Glossy. Over the next few weeks, we're bringing you bonus episodes of the Glossy Podcast. We'll be taking a look at some of the most prominent fashion influencers and how they've used their success and big followings on social media to launch major brands. For our first episode, I sit down with Julia Engel, who used her fashion and lifestyle blog, Gal Meets Glam, to build the Gal Meets Glam collection, a fashion brand focused on timeless, classic pieces, including dresses, coats, and sweaters. I spoke to Julia about transitioning from blogger to brand founder, learning the ins and outs of the apparel industry, and finding the right wholesale partners. That's up next. Hi, Julia. Thank you so much for coming in today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's an exciting time for you. A lot of things going on. You just launched a, a coat collection, which yes. we will dive into, but just a quick congrats to you. Very thank exciting. You. Thank you very much. Um, I wanted to start with, you know, just a little bit of background on the Gal Meets Glam brand. You know, when you first started it, what you were kind of looking to do with it um, and how we kind of grew it from there. Absolutely. So I started... Gal Meets Glam, the blog, in 2011 while I was a junior in college. I was studying marketing, and I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do with my career. And I wanted—it was sort of when blogging was was booming or just starting to take off, really. Brands weren't really working with bloggers. It was really just a journal online, and people were sharing and kind of just creating things that were very authentic and real. And I started my blog because I wanted a space— where I could just sort of play around and figure out what I wanted to do, really. And it was there that I discovered the community of blogging, and I really figured out that I could contribute in my own way. And I had my husband with me, who was my boyfriend at the time in college, and I had sort of seen other bloggers posting outfit photos, and it kind of inspired me to start sharing my own style. And then the more and more I did that, um, I sort of started to gain traction with a readership. And over time, I sort of realized the reason why they were coming to me was for my very feminine classic style. And I was always very true to that. And that was sort of just kind of a a snowball effect of starting the blog um, and not really having a huge... um, end game of where I wanted it to be at the time because there were no examples um, of anybody that had really done anything with a blog back in 2011. It was just a fun project that I had while I was in college and I um, got a job after college and was never planning on pursuing it full time or thought I could make money off of it. (laughs) Right. And so, yeah, at what point did you kind of start to realize that there was actually a business to be built here and and to your point, money to be made off of this? Yeah. So it was a few, few years later, I was working in San Francisco full time and between those, those, um, the time when I started the blog and then this time period, I was making um, almost more on my blog than I was at my full-time job. Wow. And I was uh, commuting an hour and a half outside of San Francisco to my job. And I sort of was convinced to take a leap of faith by my family and my husband to try pursuing blogging full-time because if I was making this much, um, doing it part-time on the side at night and on weekends, you know, what could it be if I dedicated all of my time to it? And it was right when brands were starting to take notice and really started working with bloggers. So there was a lot of opportunity coming my way. Um, And it was around that time that I really started understanding 
that there could be a business behind this fun hobby. Okay. And early on, you know, were you working to approach brands? Were brands approaching you? Um, you know, how was that working in the early days? And maybe how is that different today? Yeah, I would say that I never really um, sought out brand partnerships because I never looked at it as as really a job in the beginning and, and just small things came my way. And I mean, if somebody, you know, wanted to work with me to send me a lipstick, you know, I, it was a, a free lipstick that right. was so exciting or just getting invited to a dinner. Um, I remember one of the first partnerships I did was with Kate Spade and, um, I was, I did a thing around graduation, college graduation with them and just having them know who I was, a brand that I'd always admired. That was such an incredible honor. Yeah. Um, and things kind of came through and we've never really sought out partnerships. We've been lucky in the sense that most of, most everything has sort of come naturally to us. Cause I, I buy and I shop and I support the brands that I love on my own. Okay. And then those brands sort of reach out and see that. Okay. And you're, you know, tagging those brands in your Instagram posts and kind of building relationships that way, would you say? Um, I would say in the beginning, yes. Um, I mean, Instagram wasn't even, I didn't even use Instagram in the beginning right, of my blogging because right. it wasn't really a thing back then. Um, I would say now, yeah, I guess, you know, brands pay attention. You know, people, they have teams on social media or, you know, Google alerts to see where things are popping up. But again, I... I've never really been the type of person to reach out and try and get free product. I I love to, again, I love to shop and, and buy things and support the designers and brands I love. And I think it's really great if they see that and then they want to partner together afterwards. Perfect. And so I want to touch now a little bit on your brand that you've launched, uh, Gal Meets Glam. Yes. So when did the idea come to you to launch a brand and, and why focus on dresses as you've done early on? Absolutely. So in 2013, my husband joined me full time and he left his job in tech. And that's really when we got serious about the business side of the blog. And we knew, okay, if, if this is going to be our career, what's our end game? What do we want to do with this? We have this amazing community that we're building, um, but do we just want to provide content for them for forever and content centered around a single person? Do I want to be doing outfit posts and, and working with brands when, you know, I'm... 20 years from now. And we knew that we wanted to create something bigger than just myself or the two of us. And uh, we wanted to be a bigger part of our customers' lives. And again, going back to why our readers came to us, it was, you know, for this feminine classic style. And I'm a dress lover. I've always worn dresses. I mean, even living in San Francisco, people we're always like, why are you wearing a dress? Right. It's freezing, it's so but cold. I just love them. And um, in, immediately I said, I want to I create a dress brand. And we sort of started talking about it in 2013. And then in 2014, we really set out to create a business plan and start um, seeking out to figure out how to build that. Okay. And so 2014, then when did the company officially launch or when did you drop your first line of dresses? We launched in April 2018. Okay. Yeah. So that's so a there pretty was big a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. Because we didn't know anything about the apparel industry. Right. And we didn't know anything about design. You know, I, I knew what I liked. Right. And I had ideas for design. Um, I, we didn't know anything about manufacturing and we needed to build relationships and learn before we, we could launch. So it was a, a huge learning process. And at the time, 
there were no, there were a few, but not a lot, and no big examples of influencers or bloggers that had started brands. So when we met with manufacturers, there wasn't a lot of seriousness taken, or they just wanted to do a licensing deal where, you know, I slapped my name on something and they didn't want me to contribute as much as I wanted to be involved in something. So it took a lot of, um, meeting with different manufacturers and talking to a lot of different people and figuring out what kind of business we wanted to build. And we needed that time to figure that out. Okay. Yeah. And tell me a little bit more about some of those challenges in terms of, you know, learning what it meant to be a designer, to come yeah. up with your own designs and to, to meet with these manufacturers. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many intricacies in in design and in creating a garment. I mean, the amount of hands that touch a product, if, if the average person knew how much detail was spent, um, it, it, I mean, it's just incredible. And we needed to find the right manufacturer that believed in all of the um, important uh, details and steps along the way. And I needed to find a design team that was willing to um, teach me and let me be very hands-on um, along the way as well. Instead of me just showing up to meetings, I wanted to sort of learn while we were doing it at the same time. So once we did find our manufacturer, um, the right person, just learning while we were designing at the same time. I mean, what I know now versus what I knew at the beginning. Um, there's so many things that, you know, I wish I knew back then, but you you have to just learn while you're doing it. Um, and I think you have to give yourself some grace when you enter into a new space of just giving yourself um, time to learn. But you have to throw yourself all in. I mean, we were working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um for the year leading up to the launch. Right. And what about now? Because I know you drop new dresses every month pretty yeah. much. Um, I'm sure that is quite time consuming as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, really, the the monthly drops were inspired um, by a few different things. I mean, our um, market wants where now, buy now. So we really wanted to create pieces that people wanted, um, season, not season by season, but sort of month by month, because okay. really people are shopping um, in the moment. They're not buying a full season ahead like, you know, everything used to, used to be. And we're really designing um, by season and then dividing it up per month. So instead of launching a full season, it's sort of divided up into monthly drops. Okay. And the dresses are really um, inspired by each other. So we first launched with our, our um, first collection in April. And all of our dresses after that, we sort of take a dress and do different iterations of it. And each month we can really see what our customers are interacting and loving. So if we have a solid cotton dress, we might bring it out in a linen floral print for the following year. Um, and it allows us to really listen to our customers and and constantly bring out a new version of her favorite thing and she can keep buying it. Mm -hmm. And to that point, you know, you have such a big community, such an engaged community on Instagram. Um, how often are you kind of engaging with customers there to figure out, you know, this dress was really popular. Maybe we bring it back to your point in a different fabric, a different color. Um, yeah. How often are you doing that? So um, so I have my personal Instagram, which is Julia H. Engel, and then we have the Galmy's Glam Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I am always in my DMs and in comments 
answering people's questions, trying to get back to them, listening to their feedback. The wonderful thing about having our own website, um, shop.galmeetsglam.com, is that we get so much feedback from our customers and emails. We have from our customer service team to I was running our Galmeets Glam Instagram for the first year, and now we finally have somebody (laughs) helping us with it. Um, And we're always... on Galmi Scan, we respond to every single DM. We listen to all customer feedback. We read reviews on every retailer that we're on. Mm-hmm. We're always listening. If an arm is too tight on a dress, we you know look at it and try and figure out, okay, is it um, true feedback? Should we be changing this measurement on this particular garment? Okay, maybe people didn't love that fabric on that dress. Let's try something new. So we really, really, really do listen to our customer. Because at the end of the day, if if she doesn't want it, there's no point in us making it. Yeah, exactly. And what about uh, when you, when it comes to those partnerships um, in terms of working with like a retailer? Mm-hmm. How did you go about deciding, you know, who you wanted to work with, what styles you sell with which retailers. Um, yeah. Give us a picture of how that works. Okay. So um, when we were first launching, we initially were only going to launch on our own e-commerce, but we had an amazing opportunity to show the collection to the Nordstrom buyers. Mm-hmm. And they loved it so much that they wanted to buy it for um, for their e-commerce and 40 of their Nordstrom stores, which was incredibly exciting and gave us a lot of opportunity to grow Um, much bigger than we had initially planned for our launch and design a lot more pieces. Right. Um, And that was incredible. I mean, we really designed the collection for the Galmi's Glam customer and then the wholesale buyers come in and really buy what they need for their particular stores or their demographics. You know, a Florida store isn't necessarily going to buy the same thing as a Chicago store. So we really let the buyers decide on what they need for their particular stores. Okay. And are you just working with Nordstrom at this point or are there others? Um, We have our dresses at Nordstrom, Dillard's, Anthropology, Neiman Marcus, and Von Mauer and um, hundreds of uh, specialty stores and boutiques nationwide. Okay. And um, Stitch Fix as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. So you, you um, designed like a special collection with Stitch Fix. Is that yes. right? Yes. Yeah. We did a little capsule collection for them. They were really excited about having um, Galming's Glam Collection available in their boxes. And they thought it would be a really fun partnership to design a few exclusive pieces with them. So that was really fun. We kind of... Um, listen to their feedback about what their customer really loves. And we did our own Galmi's Glam spin on on those pieces. Great. And how instrumental would you say those partnerships have been to kind of help grow the brand and kind of build awareness outside of the followers that you have? Yeah, I mean, it was incredible. It gave us um, a huge exposure to a new customer base that didn't know about us. And I think one of the most... Um, rewarding things has been to hear that customers are discovering the product just through browsing their site and not necessarily knowing who I am or not necessarily knowing who the brand is, but just because they're seeing a product that they identify with and they love. And that makes me so happy that it's not necessarily um, my personality or following me for so many years. That's the reason why they're buying the product is because I'm designing something that they they just genuinely love. 
And is there any um, paid marketing that you do at all to kind of, um, you know, build awareness that way? Or is it really all organic? We do do paid Facebook and Instagram advertising, but the rest is all organic. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, is it just kind of, you know, showing the latest styles uh, with the paid stuff or um, what's kind of the strategy? I mean, we do a lot of video because video is, um, you just get a higher return on video on Facebook. Okay. Um, So that's been our focus. We we don't have a videographer, so my husband, who actually shoots all the editorial content, has sort of taught himself video as oh, well. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Um, but it really does perform great, and it's it's worth the time spent. Yeah. That's nice. It seems like, you know, you and, and your husband, you both kind of learn the whole business yourselves, and you're really yeah. kind of making sure you're building it, you know, from the ground up. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we just started with dresses. We wanted to be very specific. Um, we wanted to, our customers to know why they were coming to us, um, not just, you know, design one of everything under the sun and hope that, you know, people identify with maybe a few of it. And my style is specific. I, I'm very particular. I know exactly what I like. And we wanted to be very thoughtful with each product category we were launching after that. Yeah. And to that point, I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you decide what category to go to next. I know you just yeah. launched coats. Um, yeah. How do you kind of figure that out? We do a few different things. I mean, I, I feel like I have a pretty good intuition of what I want to be creating, but we always want to be listening and communicating with our customers as well. We do SurveyMonkey okay. with our top customers. So we've sent out um, surveys to like our top 100 customers mm-hmm. just to hear about, um, you know, what kind of product categories they would want to see next. Okay. And I sort of have given hints on Instagram stories before just to ask people maybe what they would want to see from us. Um, and one of the things we were working on coats before we kind of asked people. And when we did after the fact, coats was the number one thing. So um, I was happy to hear that people were excited to see a product category that we were actually already working on. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And then what about when it comes to, you know, maybe something that you're not really prepared to go all in on yourself. Um, I know you just launched a a shoe collection with Margot. How do you go about deciding, you know, maybe we should partner with a brand on this one versus going in ourselves? So that one came about... um Really naturally, I've been a fan of of Margot for a couple years. I love their shoes. I wear their shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alexa and Sarah, I think, are just amazing entrepreneurs. And they reached out to us just because I think we have a very similar demographic um, and customer. And uh, it was just very natural fit. And their shoes at their core are all about comfort and, and classic pieces, which is is sort of the philosophy behind our dresses. It was just a really, really natural fit. And we weren't, you know, um, really even considering entering that market or anything like that. So Mm -hmm. it was just a really great opportunity to bring a new product category to our customers and kind of mesh these two brands that were so like-minded together. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, what, what about when it comes to when you're launching a new category, how do you go about figuring out, you know, price point and, um, you know, things that your customers are going to want to buy at a price point that they'll agree with. So that's where the blog comes in and is really, really helpful because we've been using um, affiliate links since the beginning of our blog. And that has, uh, we use ShopStyle and that really um, allows us to see at what price point our customers um, are buying the most um, just through affiliate. And we, my uh, husband, who is really good at analytics, is really great at pulling those numbers and really looking at where we should be as far as 
in certain categories. And that's how we really figured out what our price point should be for our dresses. Okay, great. And any other challenges that you can share in terms of, you know, what you've learned so far since launching this brand and growing into new categories and anything like that? Any big challenges that stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of challenges. Yeah. I mean, we thought we were going to launch very small. Mm-hmm. And um, that was our initial plan. And we... I think we spent so much time focused on the buildup of launching that we hadn't really thought of what happens after launch, which is when the work really starts. And so we were swamped and overwhelmed with work. um, And I think we sort of um, needed to grow our team. I mean, we had a very, very, very small team. And so we kind of had to hit the ground running to, to build that up and find the right people to help us. And um, the challenge of find, having to give things off your plate that you've done for so long and you don't want to um, give up control, but you you know, you know end up capping yourself if you can't take those things off your plate. Um, so there's a lot, of, a lot of challenges with growth. Um, we were able to grow a lot bigger very quickly, but we not, weren't necessarily ready for that. So we've sort of been playing a catch-up game over the past year to, to be able to keep up with that momentum without losing it. And how many people did you have on your team when you first launched? On our Galmi's Glam team in Charleston, we had four. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And how many do you have today? We have 10. Okay. Yeah. So And growing. Okay, so. good. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and so then also wanted to, to get your take on, you know, any misconceptions that you think just the fashion world in general has when it comes to influencer built brands, you know, this is obviously a growing business and you're working with big names like Nordstrom. Um, you're dropping new collections all the time, you know, any, any misconceptions that have presented themselves to you, um, since, since being in this industry? Yeah. I think a lot of people assume or, you know, um, think that bloggers or influencers because we don't necessarily or I'm, I'm speaking for myself, right. have a design background that, um, you know, we're really just all doing licensing deals where we're slapping our name on something and maybe doing a couple meetings a year with a mood board and saying, I like this and this and this, Right. Um, which might be the case for some people. But for me, it was, I want to be designing and making everything that I put my name on, or I don't want to be doing any, be doing it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't be creating something if I'm not the one creating it. And obviously there's a a huge team behind that as well. It's not just myself, but um, that was really, really important to me. And I think people don't really realize all of the hard work that that does go behind it. And that, um, you know, a lot of influencers and bloggers share so much of their life because that's, you know, how blogs started. It was, um, that's why people love it. It's so personal. It's, It's like following a friend, but... Just because we're not necessarily showing parts of the business doesn't mean that it's not happening. Right. There's so many. I mean, I would say 80 to 90 percent of my work now is spent on Galmi's Glam Collection versus partnerships with other brands right. or um, things that I used to do on the blog because my main priority is is growing my own business and instead of sort of um, promoting other brands' uh, businesses. Right. And I think, you know, a lot of people um, don't necessarily want to give that up because— you know, to be honest, 
we make a lot less building our own business, at least right now, than we would just taking brand partnerships um, all the time. And I think people just think bloggers are making all this money and Mm -hmm. and there's like no overhead, um, et cetera. And we've invested a lot of our own money and all of our time into into growing this brand. It's our baby. Yeah. And did you do any fundraising, external fundraising for the brand all all on your own? That's, That's awesome. Thank you. Good for you. Thank you. So how did your position as an influencer kind of then help you when you pivoted to be to becoming a brand? How did that help you work with influencers and, and what did it kind of teach you? Yeah, I mean, I've uh, had the opportunity to work with a lot of brands over the years and have had a lot of wonderful partnerships. But obviously there's scenarios that sort of leave you, you know, with a bad taste in your mouth or make you feel a bit uncomfortable. So going into, you know, having our own brand. Of course, we we wanted to work with bloggers and influencers as well. I mean, there's a reason why it, it's it's so incredibly powerful and some of my best friends are bloggers and influencers. And we had incredible support when we launched um, just organically from friends and people we didn't even know, um, which was incredible. And since then, we've, we've done some influencer trips and events and, you know, I have the the unique experience of of being an influencer and understanding what somebody would want from a brand. Um, you know, I've I've felt used by brands before um, in certain scenarios, so I never want to make somebody feel that way. And uh, we just always want the partnership to be organic and to be um, feel like they're getting something out of it and we're getting something out of it. It's not just we're taking and and you're not getting anything out of this sort of deal or partnership. I think it should always be a two-way street. And um, I think the most important thing is also finding people that are right for the brand. At the end of the day, it's just not going to work if, if you're not reaching out to the right people um, with the right audiences. So we really do pay close attention to that. After all the time you've spent working with brands, once you kind of launched your own brand, what did that those relationships kind of teach you about what you needed to to do to build a successful company? Um, absolutely. I think I realized that in order to get somebody's attention, it has to be something that they would be interested in to begin with. So I think you have to do your research and find the right people. Um, I personally love reaching out to people that just support us on on their own. And, you know, that's what I did with brands. I shop and support and I am, am really appreciative and grateful to the people that do that. They're just not obviously, um, you know, people reach out and want gifted product. Um, but I think there's something really special about the people that just genuinely love the product and support on their own. And I found that it's not always the audience size that's the most impactful, um, if it's the right partnership, it doesn't matter if somebody has, you know, 200, 2,000, 200,000 followers, um, 2,000 engaged followers uh, who are actually listening and, and would shop is way more powerful than 2 million unengaged followers that are just, you know, glazing over this content. So um, we don't really look at follower size as what's important. We look at engagement and if it's the right fit for that person's um, style or uh, community. Right. And to your point, I think finding those people who are already, you know, big evangelists for your brand and yeah. already wear your 
brand a lot, buy your brand are probably the best ones to be speaking about it. Absolutely. And we look at just our customers who aren't bloggers, aren't influencers Mm -hmm. as that too. Um, You know, we pay a lot of attention to them because, you know, the average person, I mean, I'm making this up. This is probably not an accurate number, but say they have 400 followers Mm -hmm. and that's 400 people that are their close friends and family. And, you know, it doesn't matter if those are readers or customers or whatever. Those are friends and those people are actually taking recommendations. And if they're wearing our product, hey, maybe that's 30 more friends that then know about our product and might go buy a dress because their friend wore it. And that's that's a big impact. If we had 30 customers go to our site and shop and that keeps snowballing and then they post it and they're 30 friends. So, I mean, we look at our customers as um, a great way to get the brand awareness out as well. Well, that should do it for today. Julia, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure having you on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. That's it for this week's Glossy Trend Watch Influencer Edition. Be sure to join us next week for episode two. We'll be interviewing Mati Ankari of Ankari Florists.